I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are diving deep into the subtypes of type six. But first, let's talk about today's rosebud and thorn. My rose for today is that I just got myself a one gallon water bottle that has the times from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. marked off on it. So I have like a goal for where I need to be at any given time. So it's like 10.30 in the morning when I'm recording this and I'm already at the 11 a.m. time slot and I feel very proud of myself. Um, I'm very driven and motivated by winning things. <laughs> so having my water bottle tell me that I'm doing a good job is very affirming. So that is my rose right now. My bud is that tomorrow on the podcast is my very first interview, like long form interview is going live. Um, and I say long form, I mean like more than 40 minutes. Um, you guys know I usually keep it short and sweet over here, but I am excited to be diving in um, tomorrow with Arielle Astoria talking all things Enneagram Type 4 and life as a poet. So that is going live in the morning and I cannot wait. And my thorn is that I am just generally dry right now. Like I have dry skin, my lips are dry, I am thirsty all the time. Um, winter is not my friend. I feel like I'm constantly putting on lotions and serums and creams and drinking water and I'm still just parched. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but winter is, I'm just, I'm not made for it. I am I am meant for the humid summers of North Carolina where there's just moisture in the air, you know? <laughs> so that is my rosebud thorn for today. Let's dive in to today's episode. Now, if you've been a friend of the podcast for a while, you know that I believe subtypes offer us more distinction in the Enneagram types than any other element of the Enneagram. And I mean, the work of Beatrice Chestnut is my personal favorite subtype work. So as I mentioned in our introductory episode, I'll be heavily referencing her work in this series. And we talked about it and she said, that's okay. <laughs> now let's dive into the subtypes of six. I want to be clear that if you're still getting your bearings with what type six is, then I would encourage you to listen to my type six breakdown episode first and then come here for this episode because otherwise you will be missing a bit of crucial groundwork that adds needed context to fully absorb this, this whole element of the Enneagram. And as a refresher, there are three subtypes of each Enneagram type, social, self-pres, or sexual, one-to-one, -one, or intimate. We all have all three subtypes, but typically we have one that is dominant, one that is repressed, and one that is secondary. In all of our subtypes of six, we're going to talk about their relationship to fear or anxiety. You'll find that each subtype expresses anxiety in its own unique way. So let's start with the self-preservation type six. Now the title given to this by Beatrice is warmth. 
And this type fear shows up as insecurity. This is the subtype that really feels fear the most. So if you're a type six and you are like, yep, definitely I am. When people make, you know, kind of stereotypical posts about type six and they're like, talk about like fear, worst case scenario thinking, and that is an easy thing for you to associate yourself with. And you're like, yep, been, been afraid for a long time, continue to be afraid. Um, I worry about things. This might be your subtype. If it's easy for you to access that that self-awareness, um, then, then you could be a self-preservation six. This type seeks a strong network of friends or connections to keep them safe. Um, they seek to be a good friend and seek out strong friendships as a way to survive. This, this subtype, they don't really trust themselves. Um, and so when they don't have a strong network of friends, they may feel alone um, or they may feel like without that support, they're incapable. So they really seek to their, their group or their community to make them feel safe. Now this, because of this, kind of in the way of earning that, they become really warm and friendly. And of all the type sixes, they're the warmest and the friendliest. You know, they want to have like a happy, friendly community. They fear disappointing others, especially those that are closest to them. And, and being being this way is their way of getting people to be friendly so they won't be attacked, right? If they're like a really good friend, they're really warm, they're really inviting, they never let you down, then they're safe. There's also kind of a contradiction in this six. So outwardly, they're warm, friendly, and seem really peaceful and at ease. And internally, they struggle with fear, guilt, anguish, and torment. They feel heart-centered on the outside, but are actually really head-centered internally. So this type can look like a type two. However, their main focus is on security. Um, so it's not as much focused on gaining approval as it is being safe and being taken care of. Then we have our social six, which the title for this one is duty, D-U-T-Y to be clear. This type focuses on finding a specific ideology that they can hold on to. So they may find their role um, in life and they, they really seek to find that role and to live it out. They wanna know what is theirs to do and then they focus on doing that. To find this, they consult the guidelines laid out by whatever authority um, they choose to follow. So this type most folk is the most focused on authority. Um, they really don't want to let their authority figures down. So while our self-preservation six doesn't want to let down like their group of friends and their community, the social six focuses more on like this a singular authority figure that they do not want to let down, or maybe a couple of authority figures that they want to make sure they don't let down. And they don't want to be a disappointment. So they seek out clear rules and expectations and then they live by them. They, they really are drawn to confident authority figures who maybe aren't even always right. Um, this is where things can get dicey, right? If you align yourself with someone who's really confident that they know the way, they know what's right, um, and they're just actually really good at convincing you that they're right, but they don't actually live right or aren't always right, um, it that gets kind of tricky, right? So they want to be given the rules, you know, this type really wants to be given the rules so that they can just follow them. You know, it's kind of like this clear cut image of I want to know what's mine to do and I want to do it. 
they do believe this type does believe that everything will go wrong. So they like to have a plan for what, what to do when that happens. So they're kind of constantly prepared. They like to be on top of things. They like to know, okay, what will we do when this occurs? They, um, they like to have clear categories, clear expectations, and they like to keep their mind clear. This type is focused on being sure and, and they reject feeling uncertain. So they're gonna, because they don't wanna feel uncertain, they seek out any kind of answer that can make them feel certain. And this can get them into the territory of believing that they have all the answers. So this might be the type six who doesn't necessarily really realize that they're uncertain at first um, because they have found their sense of certainty in potentially a religious doctrine or a political belief or, um, you know, an authority figure of some kind has given them this is what the answers are, so therefore you can be sure. And because of that, this type can get caught up in black and white thinking in legalities, um, wanting to follow and enforce the rules. A direct quote from Chestnut's book, The Complete Enneagram, social sixes tend to be controlling, impatient, judgmental, and self-critical. They demand a lot of themselves and may insist on everything being done according to their codes and viewpoints. Others may perceive social sixes as cold or cool as they can be very formal in the things that they do. This subtype can look like a type one. Um, the big difference here is that ones are guided by a strong sense of inner standards. And this type six is really focused on following the plans laid out by an external authority. So it's less like their inner guidance and more still the guidance of someone else who's laid out the plan. They could also resemble a type three because they do love efficiency and like getting things done and doing things the right way. However, the main motivation of six is avoiding anxiety by finding a sense of authority to reference rather than accomplishing goals and looking good through their efficiency. Okay, so now we're moving into our, our there's like three ways we can title this subtype, y'all. Sexual, intimate, one-to-one. -one. Whatever it is for you, it's this intense one-to-one -one connection. And the title for this one is Strength or Beauty. And this is our counter type. So as a reminder, counter types are the subtype for each dominant type that looks a little bit different in behavior than they do in motivation. Um, I like to say that there's kind of like this constant tension between who they, kind of what their drive is and then what they think is good to be. So um, for our six, this is like they're driven by their fear, but they think it's good to not be driven by their fear. So they kind of take action that proves to themselves that they're not driven by that fear. Now, this one is commonly called the counterphobic six, and it is the most counterphobic of the three sixes. This is probably the most famous countertype on the Enneagram, and some people don't even quite realize that every Enneagram type does have a countertype because the counterphobic six is so notorious, I think. So people talk about it more. But yeah, so it is the counterphobic six, most counterphobic of the three sixes, meaning they turn against fear by taking a stance of strength and intimidation. So they believe that when you're afraid, the best defense is a good offense, according to Chestnut. They strive to be weak, they strive to not be weak, and they don't allow that weakness in themselves. They may walk around aware that anyone could become dangerous, and so they take a defensive stance to make sure they're never taken advantage of.
So not only does this type seek to exhibit strength, but even more so intimidation. They want it to be clear that they could attack at any moment. And that's kind of their way of, of constantly being protected. Like I could jump out at any moment. And so don't, don't mess with me. You know, they may not seem afraid. So if you interact with a, a counterphobic six, or if you are a counterphobic six, fear not might not be like the first thing you think of. Um, you might not even know that you're afraid yet. There's almost an underlying paranoia around a threat being around any corner. You know, no one can really quite be trusted. Um, anything could happen, that kind of thing. You need to kind of be on guard. And, and I think about it like this, like our, um, our, our self-preservation six, they want to be supported in order to feel safe. Our social sixes, they want to be prepared in order to be safe. And they want to do the right thing in order to be safe. And then our one-to-one -one sixes, they want to be on guard in order to be safe. So they may find their sense of safety in moving toward the things they fear. So if they jump in all feet first, they jump right in, they can prove that they are not victims of their fear. So this type may find themselves in a contrarian stance. So if everyone in the room is happy, they'll be sad. If everyone in the, is sad, they'll be happy. Um, and they're more likely to play devil's advocate, kind of challenging, you know, the, the status quo, like what's being said, they're going to kind of maybe take the opposite stance. So by now, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, you can probably guess that the one to one six can look like a type eight. However, this six is still motivated by fear, even if they're not consciously aware of it um, or show it. Wow, the, I, the eight, often they're truly unafraid. Um, eights tend to create order, while sexual sixes like to disrupt things and stir the pot. That's the other big difference here is one-to-one um, -one sixes are going to kind of challenge you to get a rise out of you. Um, aces seek intensity, but they like for things to be together in order. They're, they like to, you know, things to be controlled. And um, our, the one-to-one -one sixes aren't as much like that. They, may, could, they could also look like threes because they're assertive and quick to take action. However, again, they're more fearful fantasies um, of like what could go wrong and how they could be challenged or how they could be, um, they need to be on guard. That's, that's more present than a typical three um, because threes are just driven, they're driven less by fear and more by success. So those are our three subtypes of type six, the warmth, duty, D-U-T-Y, and strength and beauty are countertypes. And today, for today's food of forethought, I think is a really good one while we're discussing sixes, um, is from the lovely John Lennon. There are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. We need to learn to love ourselves first in all our glory and our imperfections. If we cannot love ourselves, we cannot fully open to our ability to love others or our potential to create. Evolution and all hopes for a better world rest in the fearlessness and open-hearted vision of people who embrace life. Mm. 
Take a few thoughts, think on that one today. Let me know what came up for you. Thank you all for joining for today's episode. If you don't mind, leave a rating and review in iTunes if you can. It means a lot to podcasters like me. And I'll see you tomorrow for our very first interview over here on the show.